the vaccine does not happen fast enough, I don't know what's going to happen because the world's on fire and the case numbers just, they just keep going up. I'm just going to stay locked in this closet. Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Oh, there we go. Hey, maybe if I just did my job and messed with my knobs and stuff. And <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Locked in the Closet. Today, we are talking to Dave Perry, a one-man band that has quite the story. Uh, we've had him on the show before, uh, so wherever that file is, I don't know, but we'll find it somewhere. But uh, Dave, tell 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 everybody a little bit a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, man. So yeah, I've I've been on your show uh, uh, before, and uh, really appreciated the the time that we had together and the, the white claws that we shared and the, the music that we <laughs> dug into. Um, oh, the white yeah, claws! Yeah, I moved to Austin. Oh, so many white claws! I moved to Austin from um, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, about five years ago. And, um, you know, uh, part of it was for business reasons. Part of it was for, um, music reasons. And I've been doing, I've been in and out of bands for a while, but I've been really doing the, the one man band thing for quite some time. And, um, you know, like you said, when you, when you dig up that original episode, you can share that if someone wants to hear the long version, but, uh, short version is that I was <laughs> born deaf and uh, had a multi-year recovery process to get to the point of, of, of being recovered. And music was a huge part of that recovery for me. And since then, it's just been really like a, a real driving force in my life and huge motivation to, um, you know, dedicate as much my time and skill and, and resources that I can to developing whatever that is, even if it's just purely artistic expression and it's not something that's like commercially viable, but just, you know, as a form of expression and, um, you know, being able to do that on as many instruments as possible, including, you know, becoming well-versed in engineering and producing and, um, you know, writing for different formats and collaboration and, and, and whatnot. So, um, you know, doing this in Austin has been really great and has afforded some opportunities to meet some really great people uh, in the industry or just people to collaborate with and, um, you know, huge enthusiasts such as yourself who, who give a voice to yeah. individuals. And yeah, so um, certainly in the last three or four months, I've had ample time to be uh, really diving into all things all things music. All things sure. music. Yeah. And yeah. you you've been you've been on the I would guess we would put you on the more aggressive side of social distancing and minding yeah. your P's and Q's during COVID. So what's what's your story? What's your what's your COVID story look like? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um I think it would even be fair to say that I have been um paranoid about it, but I would also position that as being appropriately paranoid. You know, this is something I've thought about a lot in the recent weeks and months in terms of we as a society, individuals, cities, 
schools, employment places, all of us are guilty of making some pretty broad stroke um, decisions and life choices based on almost no information, real information <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, basically we hear a soundbite from our preferred source of soundbites, which can be completely different from right. one another. Mm-hmm. And then make really important decisions based off of that. And I don't care, even if current death counts is off by 50%, which it's not, um, that's still a wholly unacceptable amount of loss of American lives or any other life, but just certainly in the greatest country in the world uh, where we have, you know, amazing thought leaders and should have amazing leadership and and people and institutional things protecting us, it's failing fucking miserably and it's undeniable at this point. So pretty early on, I've just been of the mindset of like, we, we don't know what we don't know. And when you look at the worst case scenario of not taking this shit seriously, it's a lot worse than the worst case scenario of I overreacted and shut myself away for three months. Right. Um, so yeah, I've been very focused on, I would say my quarantine circle is uh, almost non-existent. I would say from the first week of March to the last week of May, I left my house or, or my property. Like maybe I'd go check my mail, but I didn't leave my property. I left two times in three months. And it was basically out of medical necessity. Jesus, man. two t- You left your apartment twice in three months? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I... I, I I recently moved into a house. I can't imagine what it's like living in an apartment complex right now because not only are you inside your home, but then you're like surrounded by all other people who are in similar scenarios. Um, You know, I'm friends with a few people locally who live in apartment complexes. And when the ownership, when the leasing office or whatever gets notified that there's a positive case in the community, they send out a message to everyone else letting them know. But then that's pretty much it. Like, hey, heads up. Some reported positive, but then there's like no follow up. There's no, you know, I don't expect that person to be called out. Like it's Jim Barry in uh, you know, building two unit. Yeah, fucking, but fucking Jim over there in three A. I knew it, that dirty guy. Right, but if I'm in an apartment complex with 400 <laughs> other people and this person uses the same gym equipment as me or something, like I want something other than basically just being notified that there is a positive case in the complex just creates anxiety and stress. Um, so thankfully I'm not in that scenario where, you know, I'm, I live alone. I'm in a house, I have a, a yard and whatnot. So I'll, I'll get out and get my vitamin D, uh, oh, yeah. you know, sit in the, sit in the hammock or something. But, um, yeah, I would say that this is just such a shitty scenario on so many levels. And I've just, I've been fortunate enough that because I, you know, I have my own business, I work from home, I get my groceries delivered. I was already doing that to begin with. So like so many things about my life facilitated my ability to take this really seriously and be maybe overly precautious as we, as time went on and more research came out. So yeah, yeah, I have, um, I've been very hardcore about, I know uh, not fucking around. I know. And, and as you shouldn't, because as of right now, let's jump to, let's jump to the, the current count. Uh, when I do these, I go ahead and just read off. Let's see. Today is July 20. Second? Yep. Yeah. So or 23rd. 20, yeah. Well, it's somewhere. 22nd, 23rd. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but sadly, we have surpassed the 4 million confirmed cases mark today. 
and the total death total is just over 144,000. And now we're starting to hit those thousand deaths per day totals. Whereas, you know, back in the the heyday when New York and New Jersey were just taking yeah. off, yeah. they were having two and three thousand deaths per day. I mean, well, not them personally, but I mean, at that time, that was the overall uh, death count. And, you know, projections now aren't looking too good. It, it's just it's a mess. And you're here, you're here in Austin with me. Well, I'm yeah. up in Leander. Um, right. and it's honestly, it's actually what you see just what 20, 25 miles away from me is probably something totally different from what I'm seeing up here. Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. It's just, it's interesting. So what are you seeing <laughs> from your balcony or your backyard these days? All right. Well, so I think something that's important to note is that when you have, when you live in a country of almost half a billion people and there is some strong political division, and you have the president of the United States basically beating the drum of this is a hoax or it's going to disappear or whatever, you know, the, the, the way that the whole narrative is played out. Regardless of political affiliation, I think it behooves everyone to just be cognizant of the fact that there are vastly different perspectives on the reality and nature of what this is. Yes. Uh, despite what medical experts say, there are people who are firmly rooted in other beliefs. It doesn't help us at all to just be like, fuck you, you're an idiot and disregard them. Like, yeah, because they part of the immediately write you off. Yes. So when you bring up those numbers, I immediately go to, you know, the naysayer. And but I, I, I just think it's important to point out those numbers, thousand cases or thousand deaths a day. And we're, we're approaching four million cases. And to even let's say that they're right. And if there is like a 50 percent margin of error, which just isn't happening. But even if that was the case, are you telling me that you would be OK with two million cases? and 500 deaths a day, you know, like, yeah, to, like it, I think it's important to acknowledge their perspective, but then also put it into perspective for them. That even if you're right, and this is bullshit and the hospitals are getting paid tons of money to mark a motorcycle accident as a COVID death. And that accounts for 50% of what's being reported. It's still a fucking atrocity yeah. at, at 50% margin. Yeah. So, I, I've I, like, you know, I'm a mechanic and you know, we talk shop all the time and I'm like, <laughs> I'm the guy they go to for the news. Like, Hey, what happened today? Ryan. And I'm like, Oh, well, uh, this legislation passed and the numbers are this, yep. and this is the latest rub and da, da, da. And I kind of feel, I kind of feel good being able to disperse, you know, that information, but I also tell them to go look it up themselves, you know, check out whatever outlets you look up. But from where yep. I'm standing, this is what I've learned today over the past week. Mm -hmm. And, you know, talking with friends back home in North Carolina, it's just, and friends down in Florida, my friends are talking about going to Disneyland. Like, <laughs> but we, we had this conversation and it was one of those really awkward conversations, but I think it was good to have was, you know, we have all these deaths like suicide, uh, cancer, you know, and, and just run the gamut of why people die. Obviously yeah. no one wants to pass away. That's okay. Let's just start there. Um, sure. but then we move on to accidents happen. People make bad choices. You know, one thing leads to another and then they die. Like those are the other options. Yeah. COVID, yeah. you have no choice when it comes to viruses or bacterial infections and stuff like, well, some do you do if like, if you go off in some jungle and you're like, I ain't getting my shots, but you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's you being dumb. But yes, for you to not just take a step back, even though you are, like you said, Dave, from the, from the standpoint of a naysayer, if you just think into the back of your skull and go, well, 
I could be one of those deaths. Even, I mean, we're healthy individuals. I'm pretty sure we eat right. We exercise and do stuff like that. You know, who knows if we have an underlying health condition? I mean, it's just, it is what it is. But if you don't take into consideration other people's, you know, I, I hate the thing where it's like, your freedom ends where mine begins. I mean, I don't hate it. I just, it's one of those like, I think a democracy, a, a true democracy can't actually work that way. If yeah. it was literally every single person being like, fuck you, I look out for number one. Right. We would have fallen apart oh, a man. long time ago. <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, like it just, it, you can't. So, I, so I've been thinking about this a lot recently and I, I, I can't help but keep drawing parallels between the way the events and the fallout from 9-11 compared to what's happening right now in a lot of different ways. Oh, man, the unison was just like... Yes. Okay, so that's a huge part, yeah. right? And I think, a, I think a big part of that is that you can see towers crumbling. You can identify a organization. Oh. The, villains, the villains are super clear, right? They're represented by people. They have a flag. They have a geographic location. They have a a code that they follow. They're proud of it. They have press presence, you know, like there's, it's really easy to wrap your mind around. This is the enemy. This is who made the towers fall. It's tangible. But it's tangible. It's tangible. What's not tangible is 3,200 dead bodies. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a fucking atrocity, but unless you're a professional whose job it is to measure and assess catastrophic disasters, you can't re know the average person cannot fathom 3,200 dead people. Oh, yeah. So, but you can get a sense for the tragedy and you can be enraged by it. And when you have an identifiable enemy, then things like uh, the TSA being implemented and every, basically everyone's lives that were inconvenienced past that point, for the most part, was not only broadly accepted, but it was unilaterally accepted in that this is a team effort and we're all here to help out each other because of regardless of what God you believe in or what political party you're in. None of us want this fucking plane to go down. So the next time a guy stands up with a box cutter, you and I are on the same page. <laughs> like, we're, like, we're going for it. Yes. Yeah. And, but I, I think there are so many important parallels to that in that it happened in our lifetime. It, it, it contained in a, a relatively unimaginable amount of death and it had a identifiable villain. For me personally, I remember watching on 9-11 as the towers fell and as planes hit the buildings and it was awful and emotional and shocking. Yeah. But what, what hit me like a ton of fucking bricks was two months later, this documentary came out from this French film crew that was in New York City doing a documentary about like just your run-of-the-mill American firehouse. Just, they were and just, just there so by happened chance. To be, just so happened to be one of the many, many fire crews that responded to the atrocities. Yeah. And they went into the towers with this team and they all died. And Whoa. hearing and seeing the individual suffering and plight and selflessness of these eight individuals as opposed to understanding that over 3,000 people died, to me that was like, sobbing, crushing depression, like that fucked with me so much more than just the visual of a uh, building collapsing. Right. And I think that the, the, what that translates to with this is that, you know, like Adler does these nightly things where he does like a Facebook live event and then people look at a fucking uh, uh, mayor, bar graph. Mayor of and, uh, Austin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, I think that just the news in general, it's either a bunch of like talking heads or let's look at... Um, Charts, charts and graphs and, and let's look <laughs> yeah. at let's look at the curve and how much worse we're doing than the rest of the world and while all of that is important and relevant i think we're definitely at the point where it's proven to be ineffective yeah and in the same way that this 
small documentary about this small group of people that represented a much larger tragedy hit me tenfold of what the original event did. I have found that during this time that hearing from people who are just getting off of a ventilator and who have a $40,000 medical bill and who now get into going up the stairs because of uh, cardiovascular uh, damage that's been done is way more impactful, especially if that person was a doubter to begin with. There are definitely stories out there right now. People are like, there's a fucking hoax. And then their fucking wife dies. And then they're in the hospital on a ventilator and also and giving a, you know, and also a, found Jesus at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> I think that sh short of the local okay. news, no showing like, yeah, but if the, you know, short of the local news doing a month, uh, a nightly segment where they go to the morgue and show bodies. Like, I think that there really should be almost a nightly feature where there's some sort of personal story of someone, either a family member of someone who's passed away or someone who's currently suffering from it or someone who's recovering from it, even if it's a success story, but certainly if it's not a success story, like people need to hear those stories and see those people because our society can wrap their head around that much easier than, I mean, what's honestly, what is the difference between 140,000 deaths and 300,000 deaths? I don't see there being a yeah. huge change in behavior because you show me a pie chart that says 300,000 deaths as opposed to 140,000. You still have people rocking out on Memorial Day and wanting to go on cruises and wanting to go to Disney World because unless you yourself have been afflicted by this, you, someone you know, a loved one, a family member who has contracted this or died or something of that nature, it just doesn't matter to a lot of people because again, it's hard to fathom 140,000 dead people. So if this just doesn't have an, an individual impact on your life, it's just been shown at this point that there's a large contingent of Americans that just don't give a fuck where the rest of the world has seemed to have gotten this completely under control. So we need to switch the narrative. We need to switch the way. We need to be more open to the fact that there are doubters out there and bring them into the conversation instead of shaming them and calling them out. Um, oh yeah. There, there needs to the unity, like you said. Like we need to find the way that we get that post 9/11. We're in this together because we're fucking in this together. Yeah, it's Corona like, doesn't care what your political party <laughs> is or what your tax return says, and it just that's where we're at right now. It's just it's uh oh you wear a mask you're a fucking pussy. I'm gonna go to Trader Joe's and buy what I want without a mask on, and if you don't let me, I'm gonna punch the fucking front door guy. Like it's just it's a sad Whoa, sad state of affairs. Trader Joe's got and me. it's. Dude, and it's avoidable. Like the whole, virtually the entire planet has got this figured out. So much so, I just read an article a couple of days ago that said your passport is useless. And it showed a map of the world and it showed where this time last year where you could go with a valid US passport. And as of last week, it was the Bahamas. Tanzania and Turkey. And as of two days ago, the Bahamas are off that list. Oh, so yeah. right now, with an American passport, you can only go to Tanzania and Turkey. I mean, I don't want to go hang out with Erdogan because he scares me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just... And I've never been to Tanzania, um, so I'm not going to knock it. Sure, uh, it's lovely. But yeah. Uh, but man, I think one of the biggest things is is just fear. Either fear of catching it, fear of being asymptomatic and passing it and not knowing it, or just fear of just the sheer unknown. Because that's one of the biggest like political driving forces is is fear. If people can come together uh, and they're all afraid of it, like you said, like your representation of something tangible, it's a build, yep. the building fell and oh my God, yep. and, you know, now they have a and face. That's the enemy. Yep, yeah. Yep, it's like, yep. That you can you can aim your because I was in boot camp for the Marine Corps 
during 9-11. Like, my buddy asked oh, wow. me to join the Marine Corps on a whim, and I was like, uh, yeah, sure. I'm not getting into North yeah. Carolina State meteorolo- meteorology course, so yeah. let's do it. Yeah. And, uh, and at the rifle range, week eight, they gathered us together and was like, hey, uh, we're going to war. This is what happened. And we were like, what? I look at my buddy that like recruited me and I'm like, you fuck, yeah. what the fuck did you just do to me? <laughs> and you know, oh, God. but you know, full disclosure, if I wouldn't have gone to the Marine Corps, I wouldn't have gotten all the jobs after that. I mean, I sure. had a good, sure. I had a good run. Yeah. had some five. Actually, I just reconnected with one of my uh, school buddies. I hadn't seen that dude in like fucking 10 years, but nice. anyway, I think, yeah, it's just fear. A lot of it's fear. And I just, you know, having conversations like this, letting people know that, you know, we're calling, we're checking in, we're seeing what everybody's up to. And like mm. you said, I really, I'd really dig that idea about turning, whether it's a good story or a bad story, but personalizing it, you know, doing that kind of thing. Cause I have, I want to do that for, for like a homeless, uh, uh, I guess show is where I go and talk to a homeless person. And- I mean- and get their personalized story so they turn into this person with a backstory, not with just a cardboard sign, you know? Right. When you say, uh, you know, uh, 1.37% of Austin's population is homeless, that minimizes it and also sounds like nothing. Yeah, they're like... But then when you understand that that's maybe 7,000 individuals who don't know where their next meal's coming from or have a crippling disease that they can't even get addressed or they have mental issues, mental health issues that have literally ruined their entire life and it's spiraled out of control. Like I completely agree that that's a perfect example of something that needs to be personalized. And that's just who we are as humans. Like we're emotive and we need something to relate to and to sink our teeth into. And it just sadly is not just a pie chart is not enough. Well, what I would love to sink my teeth into is your new music. (laughs) Segway. Segway. I had to so, I had to tie it together. Um, yeah, you did it. You know, right, hey, you know, CNN, watch out. Um, <laughs> no, man. So, so I've been a fan of your music ever since we found you. Um, and I we we got you through the Google Drive, right? Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you know, that's that. Shout out. Google. So shout out Google Drive. <laughs> um, yeah. And literally, we found out that Dave was just down the street, and. Mm-hmm. He, I guess, at that point in time, you were you were shopping out your uh, your old uh, your old EP. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And, and so and so we listened to it. We were like, "Damn, this is good." Where's he at? Austin, Texas. Hit him up. Got him on the show. Had some white claws. Had a really good time. And, <laughs> and so now he's back. Uh, he's been in the lab, during, as he said, in quarantine. Mm-hmm. So, so Dave, tell us mm-hmm. what's uh, what's in the mix. Sure. I'll, I'll say in the upfront that I really enjoyed the process of watching. So I watched the episode where you guys very randomly, I, I like how random the process is. It's just basically like you choose a band and song basically by name, right? You have yeah. no idea what that band is. You don't have like genre information. No it sounds like Breaking Benjamin. Yeah. So, so it was really just a roll of the dice that ended up with you guys listening. Um, and I enjoyed the, emotional roller coaster oh yeah of you you guys responding in real time um and you the know there was some production of that is just it's massive it's got weight to but it's it. kind of it starts out orchestral and i remember your partner was being like what the fuck is this and, and i just like, like 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I liked it though. Like I, I was really cool and I, I like getting, I like getting any degree of feedback, uh, which is why like on, on Facebook, um, we just crossed the, we, me, whatever. I just crossed the 20,000 mark on, on Facebook and for the community, which I'm super thankful for and, and very happy. I will respond to every single comment, good, bad, or neutral oh, you're like uh, me. because I value it. Yeah. No. I, I think it's, Totally worthwhile. Even to. if you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, that's the whole reason I have a community set up is, is to connect with people. So I really enjoyed your level of, of feedback and certainly appreciated the opportunity to come on. And oh, um, thank you. yeah, I think also your, your show was the first place that I got to debut the, uh, my DMX. Oh my uh, God. Hard, <laughs> hard rock cover. So. It was so great. It was so, yeah, so is that, um, a, is that up? That's up on, uh, on all platforms, right? Yeah. And there, but there was actually a long delay from that your episode that, that episode to up to it going live. It just went live a couple months ago. So, um, yeah, I think it just hit like thirty five thousand plays on on Spotify. Nice. It's it's wound up on some uh, some playlists. Actually, just recently, I don't I don't use TikTok, yeah. but if you go on TikTok and search X, going to give it to you, you can find random ass videos of like dudes weightlifting or boxing With or playing your- video games from all over the world. <laughs> There's a dude in Russia bending iron bars on his ass with my song in the back. He's like a huge strong man, like dude, the mountain from up. Game of Thrones. He's bending fucking iron bars. I'm like, yes, I love that my music is paired with that. So anyways. It's amazing. Um, yeah, so my intention was I post that last, I had like a 2018 album, which is what we listened to when I was on the show. And I had a, a huge batch of songs that I was ready to release in February. And then I saw these, the shutdown coming and figured, you know, I'm going to, I had no idea how long it would have been, but I figured I'm going to have a little extra time on my hands. Maybe I'll, I'll go back to the drawing (laughs) board a little bit and just see if I can tweak some of these songs to get them to where I I really want them to be. Cause after it's published, it's published and I can't go back and I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And when it became really clear that I had a lot of fucking time on my hands, I really went back to the drawing board and learned a lot more about recording at home. I got a, a, a few new programs, including a, a new drum software that is it's called Get Good Drums. And it's oh, by yeah. Nolly Get Good from Periphery. And their latest drum samples is the, uh, it's not like digitalized. It's, it's literal drum samples, uh, real audio recordings of um, Periphery's drummer from their last album, which Whoa. just sounds fucking monster. And I went, so I've been going through, it's a 20 song album, which is a ridiculous undertaking, but I've been basically upgrading and replacing the core elements of all of these songs. And now that I look back at it, I'm so glad that I didn't release this in February. And now it's coming out in about two weeks. Uh, it's been a huge process because I basically had to retool this entire album, but it's, to me, it's the difference is, is night and day. And I'm looking forward to the fact that I'm, so I'm, re- I'm releasing the full album, but I'm also releasing the instrumental version of the oh, entire album. Yes, you're going to do I, one of those. I love when, I love when bands do that. Like, especially if it's, if you're not a band that just does three chord songs, I feel like <laughs> there's a lot that you miss because you focus on the vocals or whatever. I get it. But yeah, like, yeah. I, I love, like, I would love a instrumental periphery did do instrumental albums in some of their earlier stuff. Like I want to hear that with every fucking band. I would, or, or what any band, like, I don't care how simplistic it is. Like I have an appreciation for production and musicianship. And like, I love being able to hear that without vocals. So I'm, I'm very excited to be releasing this entire album as an instrumental form as well. 
That's, so, dude, that's yeah. impressive because my I fell in love with that style from a band called Humanity's Last Breath, which they just they bring the fucking heat for me. <laughs> um, and, and they did, cause I remember I was listening to, I guess, uh, my iPod was on shelf or something and they were playing, I was playing just their album. And yeah. then all of a sudden I was like, where'd all the, where'd all the vocals go? And then I looked yeah. at my phone and I guess I'd bought this deluxe package. Oh, sure. It was yeah, like, yeah, Oh yeah. my God, I got 24 songs for $12. That's it. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. So then yeah, I really yeah, started yeah. getting into it. Um, and then, yeah, just being able to hear tracks without the vocals really lets you kind of like take a deep dive and close your eyes and then you can, you know, piece things out and like, Ooh, man, did you hear that? Or, you know, Oh man, that was groovy. Wouldn't have heard that over the It's vocals. also pretty vulnerable. Um, yeah. like obviously I'm, I'm confident releasing it, which is why I'm releasing it. But I, I acknowledge the fact that for, for those of the general music band populace that are not deeply in tune with kind of the technical specifics of music recording, when you remove vocals from a final music product, there is this entire audio spectrum that opens up and it's not going to just sound like the song without vocals. Yeah. You're going to hear it in a whole different way because there's entire frequencies that are not occupied uh, that you normally would hear otherwise. So it's, you're going to yeah, once clearly you cut the vocals, hear yeah. everything. Yeah. You're going to see how the sausage is made, so to speak. <laughs> um, I just like to yeah, eat it. So I just think, yeah. <laughs> so, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm excited to to share that and to kind of give that like look under the hood. Well, that's so cool. to speak. That is yeah. that is yeah. totally rad because I love I love getting the new stuff from 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 locals here and and, and you mm. know when people release like I think Barry the Rod is going to release some ridiculous number of songs and and like you're releasing twenty and I mm. mean it, it's just it's really cool and that's why you know like today I got a new one from Anton's Key that just rips. Um, awesome. It's just it's nuts. It's nuts the amount of the amount of hard work that you guys put into your craft and especially you doing it all. Cause I see you on Instagram or, or whenever you post with like the yeah, quad, like yeah. the Brady bunch. Yep, exactly. Yeah, Dude, that yeah, is yeah. so walk me through one of those sessions. How hard let's go from, okay, I want to do this song, but I want to show me playing all the stuff and singing yeah. at the same time. Walk me through yeah. that process. All right. So to tie it into the first part of this conversation, uh, there's a double edged sword that's happening here. One is that, this is a great time, a, a, an unfortunate but valuable silver lining of what's been happening is that all artists have extra time and energy to be focusing on music. And especially if you can be sharing it in a format, like I love all the bands that have been doing like living room sessions yeah. or, or live videos or collaborations that maybe normally they wouldn't otherwise do, especially bands that would normally be touring right now and need to find a way to basically supplement their income, which I totally empathize with. So I like the fact that we've seen this huge uptick in music production, sharing, collaboration, whatever. Yep. Um, I can't speak for other musicians, but I would assume that there are people who are in a similar boat. It also... Sometimes I like having a distraction from myself uh, in terms of spending. So, for example, like I said, I only left my property two times in three months. I don't, I don't dislike myself, but I don't want to spend that much time. Yeah. By myself. You know what I mean? Like Dave, I love you, but we got to go. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to phrase that in a way where it doesn't sound like I'm riddled with some sort of crippling depression or something like that. It's not that. It's <laughs> Dave's just that, okay, like, everybody. He looks good. I'm okay. I'm staring at him right but, now. He looks great. <laughs> But specifically, like with this process of going through these 20 tracks and retooling it and getting it to be sound as good as possible, I have never doubted my own abilities so much in my entire life. I 
even just today, I was talking to my friend who's who's mastering it. I was like, this sounds terrible. Like, I don't even want to fucking release this. And uh, he basically had to force me at gunpoint to release the first single, which it came out on Monday. It's on all streaming and download sites now, but it's, it's called Power is Power. Um, and I'm super happy with it. But at the time that he was like, you got to put this out, I was like, no, it's not good You're enough. Like, this it's is not- garbage. Dude. And then the more I listen to it, the more I hate it. And um, is that really a thing uh, with musicians? I mean, do you get- I, I, like I said, I can't speak for other musicians. And I, I think it's just because it's so much because I have no break. I don't have I don't have I'm not like getting away for a weekend or something like that. And yeah, you're, I yeah, maybe I need to figure out a better you're not system. going to the bar. Or you're not going to, you know, yeah. wherever with the, the, the whoever. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, this also is not to say like, I am aware of this. I've literally dedicated my entire functional life towards the advancement of, of songwriting and my musical abilities. I'm cognizant of the fact without trying to sound like an asshole that I have a skill set here that I have refined and I'm very proud of. So I don't like think that I have no ability. Yeah. I just, in this specific like product and packaging of it has become something that I've nitpicked so much and have finalized so many times that uh through the it's it's basically paralysis through analysis that it's gotten oh. to the point of i've fine-tuned it so much that i hate it now and, <laughs> I, and i hate that, that i'm at that point so it really helps to have these outside perspectives like i sent you a few tracks today um it really helps to hear from other people and i'm not fishing for compliments in fact i want to be told something's bad oh. or is peaking or doesn't sound yeah. on the same level as the uh streaming quality or whatever like I need to hear that shit because being left up to my own devices, I just can't be objective by myself. Yeah, it's really hard. And that's why I really that's why we do the does it stank sessions every two weeks yeah. is we want to, I like that. We yeah. want people to send us music. Mm-hmm. If it's going to suck, we're gonna let you know. But we're also gonna sure, let yeah. you know where we think it sucks. And we have a diverse, yeah. you know, panel, I think. Yeah. Um yeah. full of musicians and audio guys and you know Jared being 23 and knows more music stuff than I'll ever be able to compensate. <laughs> like it's nuts. Yeah. And then yeah. I feel like even though like I kind of, I, I, I kind of run the majority of the show, I, I'm like the least knowledgeable. So I feel mm-hmm. like I'm the perfect like soundboard for this. Sure. To, but at the same time, I'm going to say, Hey man, those vocals, they might not work for me. Sure. You know what I mean? So it's not but a, the thing is, is that I would say the overwhelming majority of people are in your situation. So like I, I deeply care about your opinion or yeah. any literally anyone who likes music. I care about your opinion. Yeah, It's like, hey, look, it's, it's valid. We get some we oh man, we get some burners in the Google Drive. I'm talking press play and then it just melts your computer. It, it's like <laughs> they're bad. They're really bad. Yeah. Like to the point where I'll send back an email and say, uh-huh. I'm not going to play this on my show. Right. And it, yeah. and it, I mean, maybe there's a little bit of egotisticalness or like our show. I don't know. I just, I also want to put out a good product. So sure, of course. if music is being played and we're reviewing it, we're not, I don't know. It's subjective. Like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But I think it's subjective to a, up to a certain point. It, they're ju- they're just as an undeniable point where something is bad. Yeah. Short of like everyone should have the ability to express themselves artistically, and if you want to pick up an instrument, everyone sucks when they start. But like, yeah. if 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 you're reviewing finished music, that is that you're going to publish and have on the same sites as major signed labels, mm-hmm. 
it's fair it's fair game to hold it up to that level it's good context like this is an indie artist as opposed to this is someone who's working with uh you know a two hundred thousand dollar budget in the studio but that's context that's not an excuse yeah so you can still definitely have objectively shitty music and and maybe it's just be maybe it's recording quality maybe it's production quality maybe the mastering was fucking terrible maybe you know whatever it just but there are various reasons why i do think that music can be arguably bad even beyond your your preference it's like the the way that i want to react to music is if there's any seinfeld fans out there is when kramer (laughs) walked in to the ugly baby and everyone was telling the, the the mother that the baby was beautiful, but secretly they were like, that baby's ugly. Now, Kramer walks in and does his classic just, you know, giddy up or yeah. whatever. He was like, yeah, what yeah, the yeah. fuck yeah. is that? And it's like, yeah, that's yeah. an ugly kid. There is music like that that does exist. There's there's yes. there's Agreed. ugly music. Agreed. Um, Completely agree. Yeah. <laughs> but, but so getting back to... Because I really want to know how you do the quad share, the Brady oh, Bunch. Oh, sure, shares. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so how long do you does call it the take? Brady, Brady Bunch? Brady Bunch. Uh, oh, yeah. wild, dude. So, um, doing something that already requires a high level of self scrutiny while doing it in this context of like, I, I can't, I don't get a break from myself is kind of excruciating. Where I, I do, I, I usually try to simplify a song down into four performance parts, even though it's huge layers. There's probably 70 tracks on everything that I record. So I try to simplify it down to like, here's a rhythm part. Here's a lead part. Here's a bass part. And here is my vocal part. And maybe I play keys while I'm singing or something, but I'll do four separate videos of performing the whole song unedited and then piece it all together. And kind of, like you said, this like Brady Bunch kind of square format that if anyone listening is interested in seeing that on uh, Instagram or, or Facebook, fear of water, uh, most of my videos are in that format. Oh yeah, I'm not even sure. And, uh, uh, his band is called Fear of Water. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess yeah, I don't think I don't, we said that at that point. So yeah, Fear of Water. We're at the very Fear end of, of the show, yeah, yeah. and we're just now mentioning. <laughs> we kept him guessing. Yeah, we kept him like, guessing the whole this? time. It's Dave Perry. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a uh, huge fucking pain in the ass, and there's been plenty of times where I get 98% of it done and then fuck up right at the end. I'm like, God damn it! That's got to <laughs> be the biggest like suck factor. Yeah, but again, in the same way that once I, with all this music that I'm doubting and second-guessing, once I get it out there, it's out there, and I, have, I need to accept the fact that my criticism of myself and my own worst enemy is secondary to the fact that a lot of people hear it and love it and connected to it. And it, it really drives me and inspires me to keep doing what I do. Cause if this was just kind of something that was, if I was making ugly baby music okay. and I was consistently doing it and people like you were telling me I was making ugly baby music, then I would find a different hobby. Oh so, yeah. God. I swear to God. I, like we have so many sound bites that we want to turn into sh- shirts. It's, it's amazing. Like we, we, I hope that made the list. We make bub, ugly baby music. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But if you got children, go give them a hug and kiss. They're all beautiful on the inside. Um, exactly, exactly. Dave, where can where can everybody find you at on the uh, on the socials, my dude? Sure, on the socials, um, it would be YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just fear of water. And um, you can find uh, soon to be five albums worth of my music on 
um, iTunes, Apple, Amazon, Pandora, Tidal, Napster, iHeartRadio, every every major uh, streaming and download site. Uh, oh, and TikTok, of course. If you want to make some amazing TikToks, hey, real, uh, real quick, uh, my shit's on there. Check out the legislation they're trying to pass on TikTok. They're trying, uh, they're, uh, yeah, yeah, you see yeah. that? They want to they want to ban it because of its uh, surveillance yep. uh, capabilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I just, yeah, yeah. dude, half of them, half of them people up in Congress can't even operate. <laughs> oh, for sure. When what? you watch the hearings with these eighty-year-old guys talking to Zuckerberg about like, yeah, but explain to me how does the information get in front of my computer on me when I didn't ask for it. <laughs> And they're fucking so worried fucking about TikTok sad. right now. Yeah, Come on. It's a sad Get your sad shit together and go vote, people. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Yep. yep. <sighs> All right, Mr. Perry. Well, I appreciate the phone call, my dude. And, you know, as always, anytime you want to come back on the show, come on back. I appreciate it, man. When I uh, don't feel like I'm going to fucking get poisoned by my Uber driver, <laughs> I will uh, wait, wait. I'll make that happen. Wait, you can't... <laughs> You can't leave me hanging on a on a poisoned Uber driver. Like, what's happening? I'm just, I'm just saying. Well, well, sorry, let me be less dramatic. Okay. When the risk of COVID contraction has greatly diminished, I will gladly okay. come visit you and the team and share some claws together. I'm not out there thinking that there's malicious Uber drivers looking to poison. Uh, all I have is this. Is this just like? It's just like this thought in my head of just like you in your Uber, just like <laughs> with like little thought bubbles, just like he's probably, there's probably Mother, something. Motherfucker's motherfuck- going to poison me. <laughs> Don't offer me that water. Don't offer me that water. Charging yeah. cable? Fuck that. There's probably something on it. No, I'm not getting that. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well. All right. Thanks for having me on, man. And um, yeah, check out that new music coming out in a few weeks. Yep, and everybody listening, thank you very much. This was Dave Perry with Fear of Water, the one-man band that used to be deaf. Now he plays more musical instruments than I have keys on my key ring. <laughs> and, and I've got a lot of keys on my key ring. So Fuck yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, cool. I'll let you later, dude. I'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. <laughs>